So this week on Jesus Center Stage, you are going to miss Shane, maybe. Jury's out on that. He is feeling under the weather. So I'm in charge today, and I even picked the guest, who I'm super excited about. And basically, it's going to be two girls who really love Jesus, and we're just going to talk for a little while. And so I'm pretty sure we're going to be fine without Shane. It's all going to be good. (laughs) So um, I'm very excited to introduce Lauren Taylor. Some of you may remember um, several months ago. Wait. Probably longer than that. <laughs> actually, uh, today is actually seven months uh, uh, since we've been married. So okay, so months. it was more than several months uh, before <laughs> before you got married. We had Stephen on um, as a guest, and we mm-hmm. talked about marriage. And we kind of joked that day about getting Lauren one day to hear the other side of the story. So as promised, <laughs> we now have Stephen Taylor's wife, Lauren. Um, so excited to have you here. No, I'm excited to be here. Thank y'all so much for asking me, and I feel honored to be able to do this today. So, um, super excited. So, anything you want to share about the other side of the story? Uh, to be honest, I really <laughs> wish I had gone back and listened to it, but I never did. So, I really don't know what he said. Oh, <laughs> that is not yeah. good. Oh, no, it's not. I need to go back and listen to that. But uh, I'm sure whatever he says, though, is true. So I trust him. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Would you share just a little bit about yourself? Maybe some of your testimony and just kind of your story? Uh, Yeah, uh, most definitely. Um, I actually had someone tell me um, a while back that said, that if you have a testimony, if you don't share it, then basically that testimony is wasted and it can't touch lives. So like I've tried to share my testimony as much as I can. But um, anyways, uh, I basically have been raised in a Christian home all my life. And um, I was in a minister or actually I was, my dad was a pastor for 15 years or yeah, 15 years. So 13 years of my life. I was 13 when he resigned and we had our family had gone through something um, really hard time. And uh, my dad had just got really basically worn out with ministry. And so he just felt like he needed a time to heal. And anyways, and so we attended another church and he still like was really involved in ministry. Like he was a song leader in our home church and um, he went out and preached a lot, but he didn't pastor for several years. And so um, I've been, raised in a Christian home all my life, but I had like 13 years of my life, I was a pastor's kid. And then the rest of it, I was just, you know, going to church involved and stuff like that. But um, it wasn't until actually, when I met Stephen, our pastor, Matt Gregory, here in Tyler, Texas, um, he actually started the Bible school here. And when I, it was a little bit after me and Stephen started dating that I felt really at the last minute, literally two weeks before school started, I felt the Lord impress on my heart that I needed to come to this Bible school. And so um, it was kind of weird because I'm like, no, I'm too old because I was 26 at the time. I was like, I'm too old for Bible school. And so uh, anyways, I decided to go ahead and get my job. And um, anyways, the Lord really worked on me during that time when I was here at school and ministry as a student because um, 
the Lord was really preparing me for the next chapter of my life. And it was actually, I was, God put me in Harvest Time Church to prepare me for the ministry that Steve and I were going to do. And so it really helped me. It pulled a lot of stuff out of my heart that I didn't even know was there and then helped mold me. And so I was so thankful for the opportunity to be in Bible school. But um, basically when I really had a full relationship with Jesus Christ, was when I was about 17, when I really completely dedicated my life to the Lord. And I still struggle with different things in between. But the main thing that really helped me was uh, the friendships that I had that were Christian. You know, really, you know, we connected really well in Christ and usually at youth camps and stuff. But um, anyways, and so I'm like, I thank the Lord all the time. And during, especially during this time, Thanksgiving, I'm like, Lord, thank you for placing those friends in my life who helped encourage me to keep going and stuff so anyways i am thankful for all that god has done for me and uh, being able to be married to Stephen. he's uh, really helped me grow a lot too just since we dated and he's helped me work on a lot of things that i struggled with and vice versa that's basically what marriage is about is help me to each other and so uh that's kind of short oh that was a long version of my testimony. <laughs> I could have probably summed it up a lot more quicker than that, but anyways. So. You are perfectly fine. I love to add all the details. Uh, a couple of things that you said that really stuck out to me, um, mostly because I feel like I can relate a lot, is you, you said something about when you decided to go to Bible school, it was like on a short notice, and it was like a fast time frame. Um, yes. Have you noticed that God seems to love doing that? Like, Oh, yeah. Just something all of a sudden comes up and you're like all in before you even know what's happening. <laughs> yes. And my, I struggled with that because I am a planner. I had to have all my cards laid out. I had to know exactly how it's going to work out. And uh, I really feel like God really tested me that time because I feel like if he had told me months in advance, I would probably be like, okay, this I have to do this. But I think he taught me a lesson through that. Like sometimes you just got to jump and trust God to make, work out all the details. Yes. And, so, and that's what happened. He did. He showed me throughout not just deciding trying to go to Bible school, but throughout that whole year before Steve and I got engaged, I had to trust the Lord in a lot of things that I didn't know how it was going to work out. And so I think that was the first test in my life where I just had to completely just jump in and just trust God. He'll work out all the details. And he did. So I was like, why do I always doubt? Why am I always so fearful when I know God's going to work it out? You know, (laughs) I have asked myself that question so many times because we we get ourselves in a situation or we find ourselves in a situation and and our our heart our mind says god is faithful and he's not going to change that now but there's mm-hmm. still that battle with anxiety like why do we fight so much when we already know who he is like he's already yeah. proven himself so much but there's still that struggle um and it reminds me of a a quote i heard a long time ago i don't remember who said it but Something to the effect that you can't have faith without doubt. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. if there's if there's no doubt at all, then then you see it. It's you, there's no reason to have faith. Um, yeah. And I guess that that kind of helps me not be so hard on myself in that struggle. To remember that as long as as long as the trust in Him comes ahead of it, as long as I keep putting yes. that in front of me, it doesn't mean That's I'm right. never going to think 
doubtfully. It doesn't mean I'm never going to struggle with my peace or my trust in the moment. But if I if I consciously make that effort to turn my mind back to him and back to trusting him and who he is, then that's yes. that's where it comes from. Like that's where the peace comes from ultimately. Oh yeah. That is really good and very, very true too. And you know, sometimes I'm like, I think I want to thank God for the times where he put my faith into test because I'm like, then that's when I find out how faithful he is. If I didn't go through the trials, then yes. I would never know that he could bring me through them. And um, I'm just so thankful for the times that God has put me through tests. And then there's some times where I'm like, everything's going good. I'm like, okay, Lord, is this okay for me to have everything <laughs> going good? I'm like, I feel like I should be sacrificing something, <laughs> you know, especially this past year, God has really just blessed you and I so, with so many things in different ways. And so I'm like, thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. But then I'm like, okay, I, you know, you don't want to pray, Lord, you know, put me through a horrible situation in my life. But, you know, you just like, Lord, I want to be able to have moments where I have to completely rely on you. Yes. And I, I think another thing I really, uh, that has really helped me rely on Jesus was like a tour whenever we went on Bible school and stuff, because I struggle with public speaking and all these different things. And I was like, I even tell our students in Bible school, I was like, sometimes it's good to be nervous and afraid because that means you're not relying on yourself. You're putting your trust in God. Right. And so you're I'm fully aware that you can't do it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, another thing that you said in your testimony was when you talked about the friends that you we're so thankful for now because of the influence that they had. I think that just a, just a little shout out to that. It's so important who surrounds us yes. and who we connect to, to, to make sure that they have the, the standards of the word of God. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that somebody said to me a long time ago was you need somebody in your life. And this was speaking about married people, but you need somebody in your life that when your marriage isn't going great, they say you've got to, you've got to stick it out and deal with it. Yes. That, that kind of uh, advice and that kind of standard, and in, in not just in the marriage situation, but in anything that the Word of God calls us to. We need friends in our lives. We need people in our lives that are going to hold out the Word of God to us, not not necessarily yes. judgment or opinion or tradition mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, don't get me started oh, yeah. on all of that stuff. <laughs> but someone who will hold out the Word of God to us. Um, is yeah. very important. And the other thing that really stuck out to me about your testimony was when you said um, how much that Stephen has helped you grow in, in different areas of your life and how much like you have helped him in that. That is what a Christian marriage is supposed to do. Um, I was just testifying to somebody the other day. We've been married for almost four years now. And oh, wow. I, I was testifying to somebody the other day how much my perspective has changed um, and my attitude toward things has changed because he's helped me with things like that. Um, wow. And it's just when you when you pray and that and we've talked a lot about trust and surrender. But when you when you give God that relationship and to the point that he is the priority, that it's God is the priority of, of both of you, it makes it's so much easier and doesn't make it perfect and doesn't mean there, there won't be days that's hard, but he can work through both of you 
to yes. help each other, if that makes sense. It's oh, like yeah. it's like instead of God just working on you, God is now working on you and he's working on you through your spouse. So he's oh, got yeah. like he's got like two ways to get you. <laughs> it's oh, gonna yeah. it's gonna get to you one way or the other. That's awesome. That's a really good way to look at it too. That's awesome. Yeah. I know uh someone had told me um I was I don't even remember the whole conversation, but he was talking, they were talking about how marriage is basically preparing you for the, you know, for the rapture, the coming of the Lord, because they're, uh, like I said earlier, Stephen, like he points things out and not judgmentally. He just like, Hey, you know, this is what, you know, you're doing and this is how we need to change that, you know? And it's like almost like preparing our hearts our spouse helps us prepare our hearts for Christ. So yes, it's well, like, they, you know, they see us in every, in every emotion. Yes. Um, and so it's in, and in every situation. So it's easy for spouses to pick out those things that maybe we need to work on or we need to pay attention to. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said, not in a judgmental way, but in, and, and I think, um, no, I know it was Stephen's dad at your wedding that said, Marriage is two people trying to help each other get to heaven. Um, okay, yeah. I think I think he said that. No, maybe that was oh, Jace yeah. Robertson. I'm all confused now. Anyway, somebody said it. Uh, thank you to whoever said it. That <laughs> that just that idea that your your spouse is if you if you look at your spouse as in I'm trying to help them get to heaven and they're trying to help me get to heaven, that takes out the offensiveness. Yes. of anything that's said like if you yes. if you keep that in mind whenever whenever they do point out something or whenever you have the chance to point out something you're not going to point it out in in a judgmental way because yes. you have that mindset we're like you said preparing for the rapture we're just getting each other ready yes yeah that's so good and so true and um I like I keep telling myself I don't know where I would be at if it wasn't for Stephen and so I'm just so thankful that you know God always he knows what's best because there are so many times where before Stephen I mean I've been friends for 10 years so we've known each other for several years it just took us a while to finally (laughs) make it happen but uh there's like so many times I was disappointed and like relationships not working out and stuff and but I'm like oh I'm so glad God preserved me and I never um went along because I was like I knew all those times where when I finally was like talking to someone else and stuff I I never felt a peace about it and I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit that did not give me that peace and how he just preserved me for Stephen because I'm like Stephen is everything. If you wait for God's perfect will, he it will be perfect for you. He does not disappoint. Way. No, he, he does, does not, not disappoint. I was just talking to somebody earlier today about this whole waiting on God process. And um, needless to say, I'm a very impatient person. So oh waiting, <laughs> waiting is not my strong suit. Um, <laughs> but we were just talking about how that in the waiting and and I just this this thought came to mind and I asked her I said I wonder if sometimes he makes us wait to see if we'll seek him if we'll get closer mm-hmm. you know and oh, yeah. and just but just in the waiting it is encouraging to hear from somebody else who's who's waited it out 
if that makes sense. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. and to hear, okay, I'm going to hang on a little longer because God was faithful for them. He'll be faithful yes. for me. And it might not come in my timing, but I'm just going to keep waiting on him because he does not oh, yeah. disappoint. Oh, no, he doesn't. And he's, he's, give, he's blessed me beyond than what I ever hoped for. And, you know, uh, when years ago, my mom was like, you know what? Why don't you check, write a list of what you want in your future spouse? And then that way, when someone comes along, pray over that. Say, Lord, this is what I will want. And make sure that your top priorities, he at least the first five or ten top priority, he matches that. And I can check off all the lists that I, I don't remember everything. And I lost the list a long time ago, but I'm like, I remember a lot of the things. I'm like, I can check off all of those plus add to that list that Stephen is. Yes. And God gives you more than what you ever asked for. Yes. So, I also had a list. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. I had a very, very long list. Um, I still have it. I actually got it off an old tablet and emailed it to myself so that I would always oh, have it. Smart. Um, but yes, smart. there was a list of like over 70 things and they, it, it was, some of it was just so like, you know, like how tall he was, you know, things that wouldn't matter to anybody but me. But then there were mm-hmm. also like spiritual things, um, and, and standards that I had. And then there were things that I just wanted in the relationship, like how I wanted it to go and, and things like that. And yeah, I checked up, I checked off all the boxes. Um, and that's something that even now God brings that back to my mind when I, in those moments, like we talked about earlier of doubt, if, if, if I could fill out a list of 70 things for you, Mm -hmm. dot, 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 (laughs) you know? Oh yeah. (laughs) So it's still, it's still paying off. The waiting on him is still paying Mm off. Um, not only do I get to enjoy life with my husband, but just that reminder of his faithfulness in in the waiting that he can yeah. bring about the the perfect will. Oh yes, he's amazing. He is. He's our higher. So I have been friends with you on Facebook for I don't know, probably six years now. When I met you in yeah. <laughs> 2016, um, yeah. so I guess five years. I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> I still remember the car ride. It was great. Oh, yeah. Um, and we were on our way to a Mexican restaurant, too. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yes. And I told Stephen he was crazy for not doing something sooner after we left that you know, night. I've, I've heard so many people say that. And I'm like, why didn't you listen to them? <laughs> <laughs> like, so, but then I'm here and I'm like... I know the Lord had to work on me on a lot of things. So I know it's perfect timing. So <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, anyways, uh, over the last couple of months, you've made a couple of posts on Facebook that have kind of caught my attention. Um, one of them, and I'm going to read a couple of the, of the lines and then let you share kind of your thoughts on them. But one of the posts that you made, You started it out with, if Judas had returned back to Jesus and asked him for forgiveness, Jesus would have wiped his slate clean. Unfortunately, I don't think the other disciples would have been so welcoming towards their traitor. And then later in the post, you said the church is a refuge for the broken. You don't have to fill out an application and do a background check to see if you qualify for Christ's forgiveness. 
So that's not obviously that's not the whole thing. But can you just kind of share where that where that inspiration that was good stuff that was very inspiring and challenging to me. Um, so kind of kind of share your share your thought process on that post. Okay. Um, actually, uh, I was actually talking to someone um, that actually kind of inspired that conversation. Uh, someone that I'm really close to has had been hurt and uh, they had made some mistakes in the past and they are just trying to, they, you know, they repented and they've tr- they're trying to get back on their feet. But it seems like every time they turn, you know, no matter where they go, they they feel like everyone's, you know, still thinking about that mistake they did and they can't get away from their past. And so, um, and I know like it's, it's human. I mean, we're all humans. We all struggle with that. Like we can't forget. Like that's one of the things is a lot of people, we just have a good memory and all we tend to focus on the negative things too. And so that's what it kind of inspired, I guess, really had on my heart for that person was that um, that everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has faults, just like Peter and, and Thomas and uh, all the disciples. They all had issues that Christ was trying to work on them, trying to disciple them, help them to, to o- overcome their failures and stuff. But like Judas, you know, it seems like his it was the most, you know, the most... Um, reveal you know he his stand out a lot more right because he was the cause of the crucifixion and so uh, a lot of those disciples i don't know how they felt but they probably thought his sin was greater than theirs you know and so you know that's kind of how we do sometimes is like oh well there's a little bit worse their their faults are a little bit more than evident than what mine is but you know someone said something that uh, is actually i don't know if y'all know him josh uh, Josh Webster, he uh, is an evangelist that used to travel and stuff. I don't think he's traveling as much anymore. But he uh, spoke at Truth Camp several years ago, and he said something that really stood out to me. And he was talking about how the uh, the Pharisees, how they were uh, ready to cast stones. But then, you know, the scripture where it says that, that Jesus had wrote in the sand. And a lot of people think that he wrote their their sins in the sand. And they dropped their stones. And, you know, we don't really know what Jesus wrote in the sand. But I was like, you know, they uh, Jesus even talked about, you know, yeah, there's people that actually uh, commit adultery and stuff. But then the, you do it in your mind. It's just a, it's a sin doing it in your mind as it is in doing it in flesh. Anyways, right. and so uh, I think that's how it is, as a lot of people forget that, you know, where they were and their mistakes is the same to God in God's eyes. And I know uh, like when you think about it, it's a little different. It's not a sin thing, but when you dwell on it, that's the main issue. But uh, I think a lot of times we just forget that we are not perfect. None of us are. And I think sometimes we live in a self-righteous world that we forget that it was the blood of Jesus that saved us, not ourselves, not good works. And so I, it's like, I don't deserve God's grace. I never have, and I never will earn his love and his mercy. And when we get back to that, to that foundation, that basic, simple truth, that it is only through the blood of Jesus that cleanses us and that saves us, how can we judge those? Cause we're no better than they are. And so, uh, when I was reading the story of Judas and, um, 
that really, really, my heart kind of breaks for him because he never got that chance to understand forgiveness because he, oh. he condemned himself before he could even go back to Jesus. And I feel like a lot of Christians stop there. They feel like they can't go past, they can't move on because they're afraid of what everyone else is thinking about them. Mm -hmm. The devil will torment their minds to make them think that they're not good enough for God's mercy. And I really feel like, if, I know that if Judas had gone back to Jesus, he, Jesus would have forgiven him just like he did Peter because Jesus felt like his sin was just as great, Peter's sin was just as great as Judas's. Right. But I'm like, what kind of Judas, you know, Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost later on and preached to thousands and 3,000 people were saved on one day. I'm like, what could have Judas have done if he had just pressed through his guilt and uh, got through that? But anyways, there's a lot. It's sad because there's so many Christians who they are condemned and they can't forgive themselves. And so they just give up. And it's just heartbreaking to know that the church can help heal, help them restore those people. And that's what the church is all about. It's not to cast stones, not to, like I mentioned in that post, we're a refuge. We're supposed to be a refuge for the healing of the broken. And um, how many souls could we have reached if we had been forgiving like Christ was with us? But sorry, that was a mouthful. But. No, you're, you're completely enjoying it. Um, one thing that you said that, that just like stuck a knife in my heart was Judas never got to experience forgiveness. That thought mm -hmm. is just, is powerful in itself to, to look at someone and say, what if they never experience forgiveness? Like I know it, yeah. like, like I'm going to start crying now because what if, what if they don't know it? If they don't know that peace that comes from forgiveness, if they don't know that there is now no condemnation to yeah. those who are in Christ Jesus, what if that person doesn't get to experience forgiveness? And what a conviction for us to make sure that we do everything in our power to clear the way for that to happen. Yes. What a, what a, like who, who am I to stand in the way of someone experiencing forgiveness? And just to just to have that thought of I got to experience it. I know what it feels like to be forgiven. Yeah. And to remember that feeling and to remember that 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 it, and and you know what? It wasn't just that one time thing. It wasn't just that day when I knelt mm -hmm. and first gave my life to Christ, but it was yesterday and it yeah. was today knowing yeah. that I am forgiven of the of the thoughts and the doubts and the and the rude things I said and the things I shouldn't have done and all of those things that I fail and I mess up in I know forgiveness and I have experienced forgiveness so who am I to stand in the way of someone else experiencing forgiveness like that yeah. is that is powerful <laughs> that is I love well I love when you put that too, that we we could either help someone or we can stand in the way like you said stand in the way from someone from getting receiving their forgiveness and how how uh like you said how convicting that is like it makes me want to be more careful and not just even the words or the way i treat people but my thought process too that doubt 
just like I was thinking about Thomas and how, you know, he's, you know, known for doubting and stuff. And I'm like, that's like one of my main issues. I'm just going to be honest with you is doubt like that. All anytime something, someone gets a miracle, I'm like, you know, it's that flesh, like doubt, like, was that really God? Or was that, you know, you know, it's just your flesh. I'm and glad so, I'm like, not the only one. <laughs> I'm like, I struggle with it. Like, no, it was God. You know, I'm going to force that. I'm not going to believe that is in faith. But uh, one of the, the, you know, there's always that, that, and I think, I think it's just because we're, we're human. We just all had that flesh that always tries to force its way in our, our thought process. But anytime someone gets saved or, you know, change, you know, they say they change and stuff. There's always that doubt that says, oh, they're going to go back to that same lifestyle or whatever. And, you know, that's, I think that's what it is, is we allow the enemy to lie to us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what causes us to doubt them and then to not be so forgiving too. And so that's why it's so important, Paul said, to crucify your flesh every day. And because we, if we don't feed that spiritual man, the flesh is going to take control. And so uh, that's why it's so important. And I think and I don't know, I'm not saying that all church, there are a lot of good churches out there. And I'm not saying that every church is judgmental and stuff, but you know, like I said, we're human and we're going to, we're going to make, we all have faults, but I will say this, I am a doubting Thomas, you know, I do struggle with that. And so I was like, Lord, help me not to be that way and help me to see through your eyes too, because um, there's times where I can't see it, but when I trust God, he'll, he'll give me discernment. He'll anyways, uh, don't know where I'm going with that. But anyways, <laughs> I just want to, I just want to have the love that Jesus has, has yes. for others too. But. One thing you mentioned was when, when people come in and they get saved or they make that initial change and we're so quick to doubt and say, well, I hope it's real or yeah. they're just going to go back, but shame on us in yeah. those moments because mm-hmm. If he did it for us, he can do it for them. And we, instead of being judgmental in those moments or being doubtful in those moments, we need to come alongside of them and help them to experience forgiveness. Do everything we can to keep them experiencing forgiveness. Um, And it brought a verse to my mind. It's in Romans 15. and And it talks about the strong ones bearing the infirmities of the weak and and helping each other in those moments and so but sometimes i wonder if we get so lofty in our strength Mm -hmm. that we forget what it was like to be weak oh yeah and we get so we get like you you talked about it earlier we we look at somebody else with this self-righteous justification on ourselves that we're not as bad as they are our mistakes Mm -hmm. are not as bad as that but you use the word evident, and I think that that is a huge key for us, is we tend to judge sins on whether or not they're evident, because mm-hmm. we, we're quick to talk about somebody's adultery or talk about somebody's um, alternative lifestyle or whatever yeah. you can call out, but then the pride or the anger issues or the envy, or the lustful thoughts, all of those things that you don't see on the outside. Oh, yeah. We don't call those out. Mm-hmm. And we should. 
we should be calling yeah. those out because they're exactly the same in the oh, eyes yeah. of God. They, they are exactly the same. Um, in, in the list, and I think it's in Proverbs that lists the seven abominations uh, to the Lord, the seven deadly sins, as they're called. Pride is in that list. Oh, yeah. But nobody calls that out. But yet that is what makes us keep other people from experiencing forgiveness. Yes. So it's just so, it's so backwards. Like, we, we got to work on this. We have yes. got to work on this as individuals, as as a church. I just did um, on Audaciously Unpopular uh, this week. I did a, a podcast called In My World because we look at these issues like we're talking about in the church as as a general rule and we see these issues and we can't fix them in every church across America but this is something i need to work on yeah. this is not just the the church because the church is made up of me and you yes so yeah. the challenge to us is not the church needs to get it right the challenge to us is we need to get it right yes oh yeah and i was just i teach a class um in our bible school and I just teach once a week and I teach servanthood and servanthood basically covers so many different areas of ministry. But, uh, one of the things that I actually, I taught this Monday and, um, we read out of a book called, uh, the power of the towel by, uh, Tommy Tinney. And, um, anyways, and so I was talking to them and, uh, and one of the, the, one of the sentences that I read in this book, a quote, was like, it really stuck out to me and it was really powerful. It said, uh, we have, we have seen God in, I'm trying to remember exactly how it worked, how it was worded, but we have seen God move in the church, but we have not yet seen God move in the city. And, um, that just was really powerful. And I don't think I quoted that, uh, perfectly, but <laughs> it was just basically we have, we, uh, we get, you know, we have powerful services and we sometimes just allow it to stay in these four walls. Mm -hmm. But Jesus has called us to go out into this world. I mean, uh, he he walked around the streets when he was uh, his ministry was on the streets right. to heal the broken, to heal those who are hurting and th those who are not only physically hurting, but spiritually hurting, too. And um, anyways, well, I was uh, when you were talking about that, I was like. You know, before we can go to the to the streets and help those who are broken, we've got to fix what's going to prevent them from coming and getting saved, right. from getting healing, complete healing. I mean, we, we do need to go out and witness and stuff, but we've got to get rid of that pride. We've got to get rid of that uh, judgmental spirit because they're not those people out in the streets aren't going to be they won't look like us. No. They're not going to know what we know. Those who've been raised in church all their life that that's not how you how you act or whatever. We're, and one of the things that really inspired me and um, throughout the last three years that I've been at Harvest Time is discipling. How it doesn't just stop at the altar where they pray through, but you've got to not only um, help them mature spiritually, but you've got to help them heal. And you got to help them basically grow in Christ. Right. And that's like our whole job is we're not just here to just lead people to the altars to get saved. And then that's it. We've got to help disciple them to uh, teach them the word of God and 
you know, different things. And so I'm so thankful for the people who disciple me, you know, in my life, who have showed me my errors and pointed out things in love, but helped me mature. And uh, so that's why I'm like, you know, we, we've got to get back to that where we have a burden to help people heal and to restore them and to help them become all that Christ has created them to be. Yes. Yes. And it's, uh, it's more than Sunday. It's more, it's more than just, like you said, it's more than just that one time at the altar. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a lifestyle. Yes. Of, of coming alongside of bearing their weaknesses of teaching, of growing alongside of them in Christ. Um, and I think that's something too, that we can, we can learn a lot, even if we've been in church our whole lives, like you and I have, we can learn a lot from growing alongside of someone who just came in. Some mm-hmm. of my greatest oh, yeah. lessons in faith have been because I watched someone who just came in mm-hmm. and I saw their great faith and I saw their tenacity for this, you know, oh, and, yeah. and some of my greatest lessons in, in especially faith have come from from watching someone come in and experience that forgiveness. So Mm -hmm. there's just, there's so much, there's like, we could just go on and on here. (laughs) (laughs) There is so much here, but we are running out of time. So we're going to have to kick Shane off this podcast another day (laughs) and do this again. Because this was this was good, but we uh, I really enjoyed it. We really appreciate you jumping in and helping us out this week. Um, oh, this has been oh. this has been good. This has been fun. We look forward to uh, our listeners' feedback on everything. Uh, you can always email us at jesuscenterstage at gmail dot com. Find us on Facebook. And until next week, keep Jesus Center Stage in your life. <laughs>